Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings from New York City again. Oh, I know. So you're back, back (laughs) where you belong. Back where I belong. Yeah, totally. I did all the whole drive on Saturday. Beautiful drive, the fall leaves. It was just gorgeous with my little mini packed up with all my things. Very nearly didn't make it over the border. Actually, I was fine. But I had brought my two orchids from New York to Canada for two months. Number one, because I wanted to have some plants with me to accompany me. But number two is because I thought my my husband would kill them while I was gone. So I brought my orchids (laughs) over to Canada. No problems. On the way back, because I'm a bit honest at a fault, I said to the border guard, I said, oh, and I have plants. And he said, you shouldn't have told me that. We're recorded. And now I have to have an agriculture department person come talk to you. I thought, oh, for God's sakes. Anyway, so they came out and they were like, you're not allowed to bring plants into the U.S. (laughs) I was like, but I came from the U.S. and I thought my husband was going to kill my orchids. And one of them we got for our wedding three years ago. Please, please let me. So they finally, they came out and they look, look. Just because you weren't here for very long, the plants didn't mix with other plants. <laughs> no cavorting around. <laughs> they didn't go to a plant rave then. <laughs> there was absolutely. They were in strict quarantine for two months. Absolutely. No plant rave. Absolutely. <laughs> I've just got visions of these real dancing orchids going on. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Which, listen, I wasn't there the whole time. Like, I don't know who they invited over while I was at work. So, you know, anything could have happened. <laughs> it's like that um, Secret Life of the Pets, Secret Life <gasps> oh, of the Plants. <laughs> I, oh my gosh, that's the next movie for 2021. <laughs> something tells me the world is going to be about that crazy to appreciate something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's hilarious. Max mix with other plants. That is hilarious. Oh, no, absolutely. So they acquiesced and they said, okay, but don't do this shit again. And uh, so I got over the border with my wedding plant and uh, yeah, so made it back. It's been raining pretty hard, but then today, this morning, it's not. It's beautiful, but it's like windy as hell. It's like 30 miles an hour wind. Kind of crazy. Yeah. So back with my dude. We missed each other. Romance. It's nice to be home. Yeah, guys, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, like in a big way. So we're on best behavior. Oh. We really like like each other right now. Let's see what happens in four days. <laughs> but for right now, we really appreciate each other's company. Oh, and it's fully loved up this week. The gas tank is full. Yeah. So how is your week of vacation? It's been great. Mm. Yeah, haven't done anything major, been quite lazy. Um, I had a nice little shopping trip with my daughter, Ooh. which cost me a small fortune oh. and resulted in me receiving nothing. <laughs> Not quite sure how that works. Oh. Um, she did make me laugh when she said um, she was going to meet me in town. She's got a car now driving. Oh. So yeah, she said, um, oh, I've just got a slight problem. I was like, what's that? <laughs> Um, I haven't got any money to pay for my parking. (laughs) (laughs) And she looks at you like that's your problem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The life of a teenager. Oh my God. I was like, I'll be paying for that then, will I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's so sweet. 
So that's been um, been my week. Had a nice um, nice weekend. Mm. Just yeah, went out for a nice dinner on Saturday night. Played board games last night <gasps> at Ooh. home, which was great fun. Ooh. Yeah, it's been nice. nice. Nice weekend. Met a friend. Had a nice walk. Some fresh air. So that was cool. Oh, so yeah, beautiful. all is good in the world. Nice. And you and your man mm. have been connecting. Oh yes, we had a lovely, lovely little weekend actually. Oh. You know, sometimes I need to just have a weekend where you just think that was just the best. Ooh. And not for any particular reason, just like things just felt really nice and mm. had fun and a, just a giggle. Mm. So yeah, all is good. That's beautiful. So the world is kind of crazy, but I'm wondering how the International Correspondence Desk is looking at things this week. Well. We have a crazy story today. Okay. It's <laughs> fitting with the craziness of the world, all right. Yeah, although I'm not sure how this is going to be managed as we approach lockdown again in the UK, which is starting in um, on Thursday. So they've announced four-week lockdown, which oh, I think will probably stop the um, antics of the story I'm going to share with you today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go on. So I read about this thing, which is proposal planners. What? Yeah. So people are spending thousands and thousands of pounds to orchestrate the perfect proposal. Okay, this is ridiculous. Tell me more. (laughs) Isn't it? So not only are we content with spending an absolute um, small mortgage or the debt of a small country on weddings nowadays, Uh uh it seems that because, and I can only imagine this is driven by the internet, by the Instagram, social media frenzy and Mm. and how we need to show everybody that we're living the perfect (laughs) life with the perfect partner at the perfect time yeah all wearing matching pajamas yeah i've seen quite a lot of adverts for matching pajamas you can tell it's gonna be christmas soon oh god yeah so yeah people are literally that so they're employing these proposal planners to create these amazing kind of rom-com style moments where they pop the question and it's all captured so that it can be (laughs) uploaded and shared (gasps) within a moment's notice oh my so it's a bit bonkers isn't it that is so bonkers. You know, it's funny. It just occurred to me because I there's an, a, somebody I met very briefly in Toronto and then I saw her Instagram and I saw there's these proposal pictures and like, oh, I just come. I thought we were just going out for a walk and oh, look what <laughs> happened. I said yes. But the photo was taken from like 30 feet away yeah. and there were beautiful angles and beautiful shots and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, who was taking the pictures? Yeah. And so now it's kind of coming together that they probably had a planner with them. Yeah. Which is just mad, isn't it? That's mad. Oh my yeah. God. What's just this some random cameraman to? popping out of the bushes. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know if that really bodes well for your relationship. Like we've been going pretty well for three and a half years. And my proposal looked something like this. My dude, it was a morning. We were in bed and he's like, I think we should do something because if I don't, then you'll leave me. <laughs> and then for half a day I was like so he's like so what do you think and I was like about what and then it occurred to me that that was actually his proposal <laughs> it took me hours to realize I hope I'm allowed to say that I totally think so anyways it was absolutely the most lackluster proposal <laughs> but we're going strong for three and a half years guys and you know we've been yeah. on, a, on and off for 15 so I feel like the shittier your your engagement the better off your relationship will be I really think so <laughs> well, I had a similar experience. So when I got married, m- mine was a similar experience. So my other half had 
gone away and he'd been away I think for a week skiing with a friend and mm. uh, came back and realised how much he'd missed me and he'd obviously been chatting to his mate mm. about it uh, so when he came back I think that night we were lying in bed and he just says oh will you marry me it's kind of like so again oh. I mean he did actually use the words but oh, good. Okay. that you know that was it that was as far <laughs> that was as far as it went really so oh. so yeah I had quite a similar um, proposal experience actually oh interesting you know it wasn't that overwhelming <laughs> it wasn't I wonder well actually okay so and then did that predict sort of the course of the marriage yeah he was never one for kind of like he, he would never kind of arrange well he would never arrange anything really mm. he would never arrange anything he wouldn't have arranged like a night out or a babysitter or anything like that mm. <laughs> so yeah it probably was okay insights because I would say that my dude has hence really stepped up yeah and maybe there's a maturity thing there too because mm. you know i don't know us women we get, we become mature so like years decades earlier than these dudes so yeah. so maybe a lackluster proposal doesn't predict a great union maybe it's chance if it happens to work out <laughs> <laughs> maybe we did need well, a proposal planner yeah as we know relationships are hard work so i mm. think it requires commitment and dedication from both sides to mm. make it work and to really understand each other which i think it's interesting that we started to talk about this because today's hot topic mm. is all about love languages mm. nice did you see what i did there that was a beautiful segue so <laughs> So I figure our takeaway here is you don't have to spend 10 grand on a proposal. No, it doesn't have to be Instagram worthy. And if you're going to spend 10 grand, spend that on the ring instead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you may as well have something that's going to last for that yeah, sort of money. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. I hear what you're saying. I don't necessarily, I, and I'm kind of somebody who's like, oh, I think I'd like to buy the ring myself, but certainly 10,000 on something that supports the relationship that lasts long term. I like it. Yes. All right, well, I'm getting hot and bothered <laughs> just thinking about this hot topic. Oh, I'm excited for the hot topic today. Shall we go on? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so hot topic, love languages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. I don't know why we waited so long. Uh, well, you know, I kind of felt like we had a lot of other things to get on the table first yeah. before we hit the listeners with, with um, love languages. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you discover love language? When, when did you do this exercise? When did you read about this? So I've kind of always known that they existed, mm. but it was only recently that we actually took the test. So we revisited last night. We did we both went on and I said, I need this for the podcast tomorrow. Mm, research. <laughs> Here's my computer. Ah, oh, good, good, good. <laughs> Fill this in. <laughs> very good. <laughs> to which he did oblige, which mm -hmm. I was very grateful for. But I'll tell you what was really hilarious. So last night, as I said, we had a, a bit of a games night. Mm. And um, so every so often we'll just get board games, card games, just whatever out. Mm. So we're making dinner and while we're waiting for the dinner to cook, we set up this game. So we started playing it and then we paused the game for dinner mm. and then had dinner he had just something that he needed to do for work quickly so we did that I said right I'm gonna get the love languages thing up because we need to do this before tomorrow yeah so we did that and um so I'll come on to the full review of, of what I was well mm. but his first one is physical touch mm. now so physical touch is all about your not just 
actual physical touches the title says but also your presence just being close mm. to each other mm. and then we then carried on playing the game and what was really hilarious it was it was like a spin-off of a type of kind of monopoly game ah. and every time I threw the dice after him my little dobber counter went to exactly the same spot as his <gasps> every single day <laughs> really Yes, now that hadn't happened in the first half of the game. I said, it's since you've told me that oh. it's physical touch, it's because I know that you want me to be close to you. <laughs> oh, that's so pretty. That's it was just hilarious the way that it happened. Oh, my gosh, that is so true. <gasps> and I didn't actually know that the physical, the presence closeness, I didn't know mm. that that was part of physical touch as well. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, so just okay. being kind of next to each other. Yeah, just being literally physically close. All right. Yeah. So how did yours shake up? Yeah, so I had, so for mine, uh, my first one is active service. Mm. So active service is all about doing things for you. So it's not just, people often think it's just about chores and mm. uh, doing a bit of housework. It's not about that. It's about doing something that you know is going to lessen the burden on your partner. Mm. So for me, things like if I'm going out getting a lift into town or to or going to pick my friends up on the way like something like that where it's just it just makes my life so much easier and it's one less thing that I have to think about mm. and then I really feel supported by my partner doing that. I can also see where if people don't know that about you or if you don't know that about yourself I can imagine situations in which you may feel incredibly unloved by people if they're mm. not taking that consideration. Because they may yeah. be trying to aim at you with like big hugs or huge gifts and stuff. And you say, no, no, no. I just yeah. want you to think about me if I need to uh, get the recycling or the compost out on the street for the garbage man. Yeah. And I need somebody to help out with that and, and anticipate yeah. that that's going to be a need for me. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, if you hadn't had done that, then you could very easily be sulking in a relationship saying you don't understand me and you don't love me and that sort of thing. And your partner's like, well... No, but I listen to you complain about your coworkers. Isn't that love? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so tell us about the set, because I wasn't sure, you know, we've done the love languages. I didn't know how important the second high up is. So, yeah, so my second one was quality time. So I think the title kind of speaks for itself, but it's about prioritizing the time. It's about really making the most of the time that you have together. It's about, I think for me, it's really about us making sure that we prioritize our relationship and the time that we spend together. Mm. And I think that's even more important because we don't live together. We've got children, we've got mm. other commitments. And so I think it becomes even more important because you could, we don't do very well when we don't spend enough time together. Mm. We know that about each other. Um, so whilst it's not on his list of it didn't feature as high on his list, but we know together we are not good when we're not when we mm. don't spend enough time together. So we've learned that it can you can quite easily end up just drifting, I think, if you don't. Mm. But I think this is equally as important if you do live together because you can't just take for granted that you you know, because you live together where you see each other every day, I think quality time is is really important. It is. So yeah, so that was my secondary. So I think like anything, you know, you don't just have one single thing that's important to you in life, do mm. you? You know, we have a range of things. And I think that's the same when it comes to, to love languages as well. Yeah, that's true. So after you found out about your man's love languages, did it change mm. the way that you approach him? Did, you, did it make you do things for him differently? 
No, because I wasn't surprised by his, so I kind of knew what his were already. Mm. So I did know that that was important to him. I think it would make you kind of think twice, I guess, about some things. Mm. I suppose it's like anything, isn't it? I mean, they are interesting to understand, but mm. it's not the be all and end all. It's not the thing, you know, it's not a silver bullet to a yeah. perfect relationship, is it? No, I mean, it's not. And it's funny, I think, is it a Dr. Chapman who wrote The Five Love Languages? Mm. Of course, the book blew up and it's huge and it's now, you know, now you can, which is what we did, you go, you can go mm. online and you can do this free quiz. And that's how you yeah. get your ranking of the five love languages. So yeah. it's turned into this whole sort of empire. Mm. But like anything, you're right. It is not the end all and be all. I think it's one of the little recipe ingredients that as a couple, if you're looking to seek to improve your communication or to get onto the same page, it can be a helpful tool. Yeah. I found it quite shocking because... I had heard of the life languages forever and I just, you know, I finally got down, bit the bullet and did the quiz. And, and of course, it was at a time where I was, I feel like, I feel like we were struggling. I felt like our communication was lacking. I, funny enough, I asked him to do it because I was like, I don't feel like you understand me. Of course, because it's always about me. <laughs> so um, he acquiesced and he was very good about it. And of course, I think for dudes, it's a little harder to do this sort of thing. It just feels a little woohoo and a little, mm. you know, out there, but uh, he did it. It was a huge revelation for me. And of course, you know, I was misinterpreting the physical touch. You know, for me, I do talk a lot about sex a lot about on this, you know, podcast. I'm often thinking about sex a lot, and not because I'm very interesting, but only because that's, that's a connect, that's a, <laughs> a, an action of connection that I really sort of zoom in on. But in fact, physical touch is not about sex. Yeah. So, but what was interesting is when I found his rankings that I did not know that physical touch would be his number one. Mm. And that was super interesting to me because when I get all pissy and when I get, you know, hurt and so forth yeah. and I become a jerk, uh, then I withdraw. One of the first things I do is I withdraw any physical affection. Mm. And what I realize is I'm really cutting off the lifeblood or the oxygen to our relationship is when I close up and I now I realize and I'm denying him of something that is very mm. important for connection. That's the reason why we keep spiraling into this like, you know, days of not talking to one another and yeah. everyone's pissed off and resentful. And, and I realize that not only is it because I'm, yeah, I'm cutting off our lifeblood. And so, you know, one of the things I've endeavored to do, although, you know, work in progress is yeah. even if I'm pissed off and I feel hurt, if I want to yeah. withdraw, that I keep some physical connection going, whether that's a hand on the shoulder, a hand mm. on the knee, a hug, even yeah. if I'm seething inside is that I just keep try, I'm trying to keep that physical connection going. Yeah. And that's great insight that you've realized that about yourself and your, your relationship. I think it's quite common for people to withdraw emotionally and physically mm. when there is, you know, unhappiness in the relationship or you've just had a big row or the hand grenades have come out again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it is quite a common thing to do is to just withdraw because I think we're going yeah. to that protection mode where you almost just want to retreat into yourself as well and just because sometimes you just need a bit of healing time. Yeah. And it's part of that healing time, isn't it? It's just to withdraw take some time out and then when you're ready you can then re-engage again yes and I definitely need that but I realize that I need to do it in a in a way that keeps the lines of communication flowing yeah so even if I'm a little bit withdrawn that there's something that the so the relationship is not suffering yeah so what were um, your love languages then 
Yeah. So um, my first one was words of affirmation. Mm. And that doesn't surprise me because I, I think I really need to, I really need to be told that I'm great. <laughs> I think and specific by my partner. I think what I really need, though, like I'd really love is being told that I'm pretty. Mm. By sharing this, that's I don't think this is a healthier thing to aspire to. I don't think this is this is a little bit pathologic is like, I need to be told and I think it's maybe because not a lot is coming from within. So, mm. you know, there's something maybe about the five love languages that there's a language in which we love to be communicated to, but there may be some things that are not exactly healthy mixed up in that. Mm. What I've realized is that my relationship, like any relationship, is not going to serve me all the words of affirmation that I could ever need. So I actually need to tune up my own words of affirmation to myself so that I'm not dependent on a relationship to give me this affirmation that is not realistic. And by waiting out for this affirmation, it's actually caused a lot of our conflict in our relationship because I'm not getting it. And so I'm like, you don't love me because I'm not hearing enough affirmation mm. from you. So. Yeah. If I can kind of introduce a concept, dear listener, of when you do your five love languages, you may not necessarily be looking to your partner to give you those things. You may realize that if words of affirmation are important, you don't feel like you're getting that from your partner. So how can I bring that to myself? Yeah. Well, it was interesting because I was reading some stuff just before we came on to record today. Mm. And they said, so the love languages, the, the book itself was written over 30 years ago. Mm. And they said... It's really only a guide. It's just a bit of an insight. But in across the 30 years, people have actually developed it and adapted it so that now they're using it in ways that are actually having a negative effect on relationships because oh. it's, I suppose, similar to what you, you've just been explaining. Well, you don't know my love languages. You don't <sighs> understand them. You're not giving me love in the way that I need to have it. So oh. It's almost creating these um, toddler tantrums between people. Yes, yes. <laughs> so rather than it just being used as a bit of a heads up as to kind of what's going on for you, mm. instead it's being used as a weapon against partners because they're not toeing the line and they're not up to speed. Oh my <laughs> gosh, yes. And I have to say, like, because there's an element of when I did this, I said, because, you know, at the time we were in conflict in our relationship and I saw my scores and I was like, see, words of affirmation. That's really important. I don't think you're giving me those words of affirmation <laughs> or quality time. Quality time is my number two. I'm not yeah. getting enough. We live together, but I just feel like we're coexisting. We're doing the dishes. We're yeah. figuring out meals. But I feel like your quality time is you retreating into yourself and doing things without me. And yeah. therefore, I feel like I'm being neglected. I completely agree. Yeah, but then, because you can see then it starts to create this codependency as well. And that's, we know yeah. that that's not healthy in a relationship, right? We need to be independent, but together. Yeah. So there needs to be enough space to be able to grow and develop into who we are, but also enough support and enough time so that you're not just flatmates and, and you haven't actually got the intimate sides of a relationship. Yeah. So you can see how it can develop into something that's quite unhealthy and, yeah. and very codependent on each other so I think yeah. you know what you were saying before about understanding your own love languages but also mm. not relying 100% on your partner to be able to fill those gaps for you or to deliver in a way that kind of means so much to you it is just a way of understanding yourself better but then you know what can you do about that yeah oh I'm so glad this went there because mm. and it's funny because we don't prepare things before we 
start this podcast. So (laughs) it's so funny to see that you'd actually looked at that point. And when I had done my love languages, I said, there's something that if I misinterpret this or use this in the wrong Mm. way, this can, this may not be helpful. And, and so it's amazing how this is jiving in this, in the, just like you said. So I think more than anything, this is the five love languages is an, an exploration of yourself for yourself. Yeah. The more that I lean into myself, stand on my own two feet, love myself, the more wonderful things I attract in terms of Mm. my partner. Yeah. And we are, uh, you know, what comes to us is a reflection of what we put out into the universe, Mm -hmm. isn't it? So I often think, you know, if we're kind of really stressed and really busy and we've taken on too much, Mm. then we start snapping at our partners about it and being really short and Mm. And actually, it's got nothing to do with them. It's because you've taken on too much mm. and you've you've bitten off more you can chew when your schedule is too busy and you haven't got the time that you need to to take some time out and just rest and relax. But And then we take it out on the people who are closest to us. Mm-hmm. Happens with the kids as well sometimes. You know, you think, why am I snapping at them? It's because I haven't had enough sleep yeah. or I'm hungry or it's like, that's not their fault. You need to sort your own shit out. Yes. <laughs> So brilliantly said, that is so true. And our society really rewards us for externalizing our problems and saying, oh, Mm. that's not your fault. That's somebody else's fault and we can fix it by selling a product to you. But at the end of the day, if I try to put too much on my plate, which I often do, and I end up getting Mm. pissy for it, that is not my partner's fault. And he will remind me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good that he does. He does. (laughs) Doesn't make me feel any more charitable to him. But I, in a moment of reflection, I step back and I'm like, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So we we will put a link in the show notes for the Love Languages quiz if anybody wants to take it, if you're interested in finding out more. So should we just quickly recap then the five love languages and, and what they mean? Yes, please. Just to really kind of help people, I think. Yeah. So as we've talked about, words of affirmation. So that's, that is around, you know, being told that you look nice or being told how special you mm. are um, to somebody. And and I think often words of affirmation, I think sometimes we can get a bit embarrassed about our feelings, can't mm. we? And we don't want to be too vulnerable and, mm. and share how we feel with, with other people. And this was something I struggled with for quite a long time when I was younger. And, uh, you know, it's only been in recent years that I've been able to voice how I'm feeling and mm. and what's coming up for me in a healthier way. So even with friends and things as well, you know, if you, if somebody's wearing something nice mm. and you think, oh, they, they look really nice, just say it straight away because mm. you'll forget in five minutes that you had that thought because it's come into your consciousness and then it's disappeared again so it is really important to to just share those um those small things because it does brighten up somebody's day when you when somebody says something nice to you or if I'm talking to a girlfriend on the phone and and they'll say at the end right bye I love you like it's it's just nice because you kind of think oh somebody loves me yes (laughs) that's brilliant (laughs) so so I think words of affirmation are important regardless of what your primary love language is. Mm-hmm. Physical touch, as we um, mentioned, it, it is about those little small gestures that we do. So whether it's um, holding hands as you walk along the street mm. or just gently touching somebody's cheek or a little peck on the cheek oh. or, you know, stroking somebody's hair can be oh, anything. Yeah. Or just that, I know I love having my hair. Played. Yeah. It's very relaxing, isn't it? Oh. That stopped me in my tracks. Mm. <laughs> it is. And actually, I should ask for more hair stroking because I love it. Yeah. 
I love it. <laughs> so yeah, so all of those little things or just physically being close to each other in the same space. Yeah. Um, so that might be if you're in the kitchen making dinner together, just physically being present with each other. You know, and so there's something that comes up too is that we are told that somebody loves us if they can predict things without us telling them. Mm. That's bullshit. Just tell somebody, <laughs> I love it when this is done for me. Yeah. And if it's a healthy relationship, generally they're going to be like, oh, great. I'm, I didn't know that. Yes, I'm happy to give that to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so what else? We've got acts of service. Um, so that is all about taking the load off. So mm. really trying to look for when your partner is um, under pressure or stress and just offering to do something mm. nice to help them out. So that could be anything from the recycling to um, a lift somewhere mm. to picking up your dry cleaning, like whatever it is, just those small little acts that make a big difference. And Anna and I are a big fan of a cup of tea in bed. <laughs> I had a lovely cup of tea this morning, did you? Me too, I did. Yay. <laughs> it, was, it was my first chai of um, coming back after two months. Oh, yep. nice. I know. Nice. <laughs> I know. Works. It works like a charm. Makes me feel loved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The smallest things are often the most powerful. Hmm. Um, so we've then got quality of time. So quality of time is actually spending some time together mm. without mobile phones, without, mm. you know, and it's not all about binging on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Um, as we did last night, just get a good old fashioned board game out or a pack of cards. Yes. Um, or go for a nice walk together, but prioritizing time together. Yeah. Disconnect from the world, connect into yourselves. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then last on the list, which didn't feature for any of us, <laughs> did it? No, it didn't. Last, dead last. <laughs> Is gifts. That's a funny one. Yeah. So some people really, really feel at their happiest and most loved when you buy something that's um you know, particularly personal for them. It's something where you've really thought about it mm. and you've got something that you know is going to be a really nice memento mm. for the other person. And that may be a person for whom anniversaries, birthdays um, are just really important. Holidays are really important. Yeah. Even if you're saying, oh my God, I just can't stand birthdays or I can't stand Christmas or I can't stand whatever is, is if that is important for the other person, it may really galvanize your relationship if it's something that yeah, yeah I'm not really into but I can mm. see how important it is for this other person yeah if and if you're not somebody to remember things you may want to schedule something on your calendar yeah a little reminder on your calendar goes a long way because that thoughtfulness is mm. like gold currency for a partner whose yeah. love language is is gifts and thoughtfulness yeah now clearly if it's something that's shiny then I'm not <laughs> You know, I'm okay with a gift. <laughs> All right, me too. <laughs> something shiny and sparkly, then I can live with that. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny. And I, I do have to kind of shout out to my dude here because um, it was his birthday, but he actually got me a gift and it was shiny and sparkly in that the watch face of this athletic mm. watch that will allow me to track my distance paddled. And I've been kind of for months now been like, how do I track my paddle trips? Like, how do I know how long yeah. I've been paddling? And he bought me a shiny GPS watch. Oh, Isn't very that amazing. Nice. I know. I'm like, yes. my receiving gifts is my dead last love language. I'm like, well, I feel pretty loved right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. If it's shiny, yeah, come on down. We're not going to say no. 
I think you were talking about jewellery, though, I think. Yeah, anything that's... (laughs) (laughs) I am partial to a nice bit of jewellery, yeah. Oh, I'm resisting the urge to ask you about, like, so what are you you interested in? Like, what kind of gemstones? Like, oh, it's got to be a diamond, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But I love a good sapphire as well. Oh my um my engagement ring when I got married did have a um blue um a sapphire oh. in the middle and two little diamonds on the outside. Oh beautiful. Now I have to say that's yeah. kind of my favorite. Mm. Mm, very nice. So that explores love languages, I think. Oh, that's a beautiful way that you put a nice description of all those and I'm I'm hoping that some of the re- listeners who have not already done the love languages will go to the show notes and check yeah. it out, do the quiz. And it can be hard sometimes to for your partner to do that with you, especially if you're in a bit of conflict, Mm. you know, just in your most highest energy possible, just encourage your partner, hey, you know what, it would be really lovely. It would be just so meaningful to me if you would take 10 minutes and just do this quiz. It it might be helpful for us to sort of know more about each other, communicate a bit, a bit better. Yeah. And it's just a nice way to connect with each other as well, isn't it? So talk about spending some time together and I'm a big fan of just planning kind of little mini dates. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be full blown weekends together or, you know, sometimes just planning a quick half an hour or an hour with each other and mm-hmm. saying that's going to be our dedicated time. So this is a great um, opportunity to do that and to slot that in and say, right, OK, we're going to take some time out. We're just going to connect with each other. We're going to do this little quiz mm-hmm. and find out a bit more about each other. Pretty nice. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. You'd be signing up if you hadn't done yours already. Oh my God, I'd be signing up in a sec. I'd be like, who are the love languages? I thought, yeah, because, you know, you've heard it forever and you think, oh, that must be a little lame. But no, it changed the way that I understand my partner. Yes. All righty. Shall we move it along to the question? Let's go. Okay. Right. Slightly longer one this week, so just bear with. All right. Sounds good. I'm tuning in. Okay, right. Why am I only attracted to a partner who treats me like crap and never attracted to those who treat me nicely? Oh my gosh. You know how ubiquitous this is? Mm, How many times have we come across this? How many times? And, Mm. And it really gets you thinking, this sort of pattern is very, very common, This pattern makes you think that there are no good people out there and you just have this horrible luck of just running across these horrible people who don't respect you and and don't take care of you and run all over you. Mm. And it's the hardest thing in the world is to start to question that worldview because fundamentally that worldview, I'm sorry to your listener, but it's wrong. (laughs) It's not like there's a bunch of shitty guys or shitty women out there or shitty people out there running around. Yeah. So what's been your experience with this conundrum? So I think when you are faced with this and you are only attracting people who don't treat you the way that you should be treated, it's because you're not treating yourself the way that you should Mm. be treated. So because you think you're not worth meeting somebody or this is all I'll get and Mm. I need to just accept it. So if we are in that space where we say, actually, we're not worth meeting anybody who is going to be nice, it's because our own self-worth is not at the right level. It's absolutely true. The thing is, is that if some person is treating you like crap, it's not necessarily that the most horrible person and they treat everyone like crap. Mm. Some of the most devastating things to happen is when you may end a relationship with them and you see them go on to somebody else 
and treating them with that sort of respect you'd always desired. Yeah. And six months later, they're walking down the aisle. <laughs> they're walking down the aisle and you were hearing from them, oh, I'm not the marrying type. Yeah. I don't want to get married. Yeah. Yeah. No, it happens all the time. And as coaches, we see this all the time where we encounter people and we hear about the relationship and we hear about the dynamic and how they're being treated. And we're like, do you have any idea what a rock star, beautiful person you are? And mm. what on earth are you putting up with? Or even our friends, we see this all the time. Oh, totally, yeah. And it's about the messages that we tell ourselves, isn't it? So if we say, mm. I'm never going to meet anybody, I'm not, mm. you know, who's going to want to go out with me? I've got all of this past relationships or past baggage or, mm. I'm, you know, as soon as we start to, to label and question who we are, then mm. all we're saying is actually we'll just have it, we'll take anybody because nobody would choose us so mm. we'll just take whatever comes along that's essentially what you what you're saying that's what you put out there yeah i think also there's a saying which is we teach other people how to treat us mm. so if we are being treated like crap as the question says why is it that we're allowing that to happen nobody can make us feel a, a way we're the ones that are in charge of our feelings mm -hmm. nobody can make us feel a certain way it's down to our interpretation of what's happening in that yeah. situation and we we've allowed somebody to treat us in a certain way we have not got healthy boundaries in place because we think that we're not worth it or we've got to be a people pleaser to actually stand any chance of having a relationship Mm -hmm. So instead, we need to look at what is it that we are tolerating? What is it that we're allowing to happen? And why is that? What's behind it? I feel like I sound quite tough today. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Because the thing is, is if we don't bust through this misinformation and these untruths, then people continue to live in these unhealthy cycles that aren't serving them. Mm -hmm. And they keep thinking that the world out there is just sort of thrown out of balance out of their favor, where it's just really bad luck that they have these relationships, these consistent relationships where people just sort of use them and discard them. Yeah. And it'll also be seen in your workplace. You'll mm. get this string of jobs where you're like, gosh, I wasn't promoted. I wasn't respected. I was not seen. Yeah. And this is the hardest thing to, to realize is that the way that you're showing up, human nature is such that we take people for granted if we are allowed to do so. Mm. When I was little, I was sort of raised in an environment where you get gold stars if you're resilient and low maintenance. Mm. So being low maintenance was a was a source of pride for me. And I thought that by standing on my own two feet, not needing anything, that I would be really attractive to dudes. Mm. And it so turns out I wasn't at all. Like, <laughs> that's absolutely not attractive whatsoever. Is If I'm like, oh, anything is good, I'm easy with anything. I somehow thought that that would draw respect to me. And mm. it drew the opposite. Yeah. So if I first of all tune into myself, what do I need? What do I want? And I realize, oh my gosh, actually, I do have a lot of requirements that make me happy and things that give me respect and so forth. Mm. So if you if I start to build a code of conduct for the people, for me and how I go out in the world and for other people and how they treat me, and I start to project that and say, no, 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 you're going to have to meet these standards to share time with me. This is my minimum standard for a friend, yeah. for an employer, for an intimate partner and for myself. Mm. And the whole world starts to treat you differently. Yeah. That was a bit of a rant. That's very wise words. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel really strongly because I have, I have been treated like shit in relationships before. It's serial times. Yeah. People have treated me in the same way. They're like, oh, Anna's strong. She doesn't need yeah. support. 
because she she's got everything sorted out. She's fine. Well, I'm not freaking fine. <laughs> oh, I'm sensing we've hit a raw nerve here, Anna. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when I see you know these damsels in distress and people open car doors mm. for them, and I think, oh man, why don't I get that? Yeah, it's because I don't ask for it. Well, yeah, and you don't share that. That's something that's important to you. Mm, yeah. How has this showed up in your life? Has this been something that you've faced? Yeah, so I've learned a lot over the years um, about how not to do things. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a wonder? That's the tagline for life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I am now a lot more confident in, in asking for what I want and also in, in standing up for myself as well. So mm. my partner is notoriously late all the time oh. and it absolutely winds me up. And more recently, he has said a couple of times, look, I know I'm really sorry. I know that I've been late and I really appreciate you understanding. And I said, don't mistake me understanding that you're late for acceptance of you being late. (gasps) Zing. So I think it's important to, because otherwise, you know, the you can see how that can quickly turn to when I, and I yeah. don't think it would in our situation, but you can see how that could quickly turn to, well, actually, I'm always able to get away with it. So it's fine. I, I still yeah. don't need to worry about it. Well, actually, no, you do need to worry about it because it is an yeah. issue. <laughs> and this ties into a subject we've covered before is like, why is somebody pushing my buttons, pissing me off and disrespecting me now in our relationship? Yeah. When you look back and you said, it's because I paved the road for that disrespect early on by saying, oh, no, it's fine. Stand up for that shit right at the beginning and be like, look, I can understand you were late. Things were going on, but that shit's not on. Yeah. It's not how I roll. Yeah. With a smile on your face. We're very feisty today, aren't we? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So back to the question then. So why am I only attracted to people who treat me like crap and never attracted to those Mm. that treat me nicely? Mm, there's something about that second part though isn't there why am I not attracted to those that treat me nicely well it gets back to the narrative that you're talking about is if you don't believe that you're somebody who is deserving of respect love and a high standard of care Mm. then you're not going to believe it from somebody who treats you like that and you're going to dismiss them yeah and you're going to run towards the person who reinforces that message that you believe in yeah I think I'd say just start with yourself. Absolutely. Mm. So definitely get some help and some support to unravel some of those messages Mm. maybe that are on kind of autoplay and you don't realize that they're on autoplay because quite often when we're too close to something, we can't see Mm. what is happening and what's going on. And then I think it's about really creating the ideal image of the relationship that you want and then, you know, not settling for second best, really being quite clear, actually, no, this is what I want in a relationship. This is how I want to be treated. This is how I want my life to be. You know, maybe do a love language test. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Find out if there's, if there's something in there that you didn't really realize and, Mm. and just get really, really clear on who you are as a person, I think, and what's going to make you happy. And then don't settle for a relationship that doesn't give you that. Yeah. Because it's not going to get any better, is it? If it's not good in the beginning, it's not going to get any better. Nope. I think what it is, is um, disconnecting from the drama of these dysfunctional relationships. Yes. And there's somebody that I saw once and I saw the way that something clicked in her. And I think that there needs to be this sort of aha moment or click. Mm. And sometimes that's where there's an indisputable value that you realize is not being served. Yeah. 
There was a saying somebody said to me when I was in a relationship that wasn't going anywhere. Mm. And they said, while you're with the wrong one, you're missing out on the right one. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, that is so true. Yeah. So the relationship didn't last much longer after that. Good for you. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's really important is if you're not getting the things that you want or you're not aligned in your future vision for your relationship, it is not going to go anywhere. Yes, it really will not. Or you're going to have a life of misery and happiness. And if that doesn't bother you hard enough, then think about your kids who are going to suffer the same, you know, from this person who doesn't show up, doesn't try Mm. hard enough, doesn't put in the effort. They're going to treat your kids like that. Yeah. That's who's going to be helping you out at three in the morning with a colicky kid. Yeah. Well, you've just reminded me, actually, I went to a a clairvoyant once when I was in this relationship that wasn't really going very well and I was thinking about having another baby so I said to ask the clairvoyant do you think I'll have any more children and she said well said it's up to you really she says but if you do you'll be bringing it up on your own (gasps) and I was like oh Oh, snap (laughs) wow so I thought that's probably a no then (laughs) wow you know what's funny is that clairvoyant got permission to say some of the most truth fact hard-hitting slap in the face and you paid for that oh I did yeah (laughs) (laughs) because we can't say that to our friends can we but the thing is we see our friends heading into these train wrecks all the time and they're like oh this guy's so great he did this insert small stupid gesture here and you can see this whole train wreck of how you know and we really wish we could tell our friends of like you know you want kids you're gonna be a single parent like this guy is just gonna be off like a yeah Oh, this is hard stuff. Oh, this is hard stuff. It is. It is. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, we're both reminiscing and remembering some some tricky <laughs> past relationships Oh, listen, <laughs> this was my pattern. I just loved dudes who just like, you know, remember like the one night stand? Oh, I'm asking like you, you had this experience. <laughs> the one night stand where like you're chasing this guy and then they yeah. just never call you back. And like, and you're like, but I was pretty great. Yeah, it is. It's a tough one. But you know, start celebrating who you are, write a nice mm. wish list of all the things that you love about yourself um, and start celebrating some of those things and then think about, okay, what does a what does a good relationship look like for me? And if you want some practice, one of the tiniest little questions that we ask clients is, imagine that you were the hottest, the most accomplished, the most desirable person. And imagine you walk out of your apartment and just for maybe two days, you are that mm. person. What would you look like? What would you act like? How would you dress? How would you speak? How would you encounter people on the street? How would you encounter your relationship? Mm. And of course, you can say, but I'm not the most desirable. Okay, you don't have to believe me. But what if you were the most desirable person in the room? How would you act? Mm. There was a film about that. Tell us again, because that was (laughs) pre-launch. I want to hear this again, because I've talked about this film which I have not yet seen, with many people. <laughs> yeah, so the film is called I Feel Pretty, I think it was mm-hmm. called, where she gets bang on the head mm-hmm. and uh, wakes up and uh, she then looks in the mirror and sees this drop-dead gorgeous mm-hmm. um, girl looking back. And so because of that, she just has way more confidence. Mm-hmm. She's just out there. She's hilariously funny. And then because of that, she attracts all kinds of different people into her life. So, yeah. I think it's just having that confidence, just being confident that who you are and people are attracted to all kinds of different things in life. You know, we're not all attracted to one. We've got this view like, you know, and this is where diets Mm. and 
all kinds of stuff that we're, we're told that we need to buy mm. and cosmetics and plastic surgery and fillers yeah. and all kinds of stuff that we are told we need to look amazing you know you're not like how many people are you attracted to just because they're the funniest guy in the room or yeah. um or the way that they talk to you is just like really lovely and they make you feel special you know there's all kinds of reasons that we're attracted to each other it's not just about physical appearance and physical looks oh God, yeah. And the universal attraction point is confidence. Mm, I don't know yeah. about you, but there's people, there's folks I've been attracted to, like how they're nothing to look at, mm. but man, their confidence. Yeah. Oh my God, there couldn't be a bigger aphrodisiac. Look, I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah. <gasps> Give me strawberries, chocolate, and a little dose of confidence. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. She is on her way. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> So this movie, it's funny, I was just talking to a friend of a person who's stuck in these crappy relationships. And mm. she's like, man, I only wish my friend would watch this movie. Yeah. And just know that it's not about what you look like. It's about what you demand for yourself and your confidence. Absolutely. But it takes a lot of practice. And I often say this, but it's true is whether that's a therapist or a coach who may help you in getting this practice. It's like learning a new muscle. It's mm. like learning how to do a new sport is learning how yeah. to be confident and how to attract better things to you. Mm. It takes a lot of practice. And sometimes you need a coach to, you know, help you. Yeah. So don't want to toot my own horn, but I am saying that like, <laughs> but I am available, <laughs> but I am going to toot our horns and just say, get in touch. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Toot away. Just tooting the horns. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's code. We can do anything. Oh. The world is on fire. Might as well. <laughs> Might as well have some like great relationship and feel really respected and yeah. well taken care of in our lives. Absolutely. Well. Well, that was a feisty one. It was a feisty one today. Yeah. It was. I was feeling a little sad in my life today. And then we got our podcast started and I was like, where's this fire coming from? <laughs> perked you right up. Totally perked me right up. We didn't even talk about sex all that much. No, we didn't. I know. We didn't. Yeah. Kept you at bay for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not for long. Oh, so... Till next week, my lovely. Till next week. Thanks, Sarah. I should look forward to it. Have a great week ahead. And you. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one -on -one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time. <laughs>